High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, welcome, welcome to it. This, of course, is the DL Link Show where we connect you to insights, information, and illumination. Nikki Seberini here with you for the next hour. And wow, I mean, it's been a while, right? We've had Pesach. I, I hope that your Pesach, um, your isolated Pesach was, um, was a good one, that it was meaningful, whether you were on your own, whether you were with just your family members. I know that so many families were Zooming um, and sharing and um, going through the Seder together. Um, so extraordinary measures for extraordinary times. And so I ask you, you know, it has been a while since we've been together. How are you doing? How, how are things moving? Are you getting used to this new way of being? Um, are you feeling, um, confined now? Like kind of the honeymoon period is over and you have, you've had enough. Um, you know, you look around the world and you just look at the access that we now have to experts and entertainers and um, all doing Facebook lives and Instagram lives and concerts from balconies. It, it really is amazing. And with all the challenges, there are so many gifts. And what we get to see now as we learn every week on the DL Link show is that Challenges come and it's very often through the challenges when we move through those challenges that we, that we reach the light, you know, that that light can be so bright and illuminating and the lessons can be so uplifting. So we, we take that theme into our show today. We've got such a fabulous show lined up for you. Um, I spoke about entertainers, um, you know, we've seen people singing opera and we've watched those videos um, from all over the world and it's happening in South Africa as well and in a moment I'm going to be chatting to the incredible Danielle Bitten from Cape Town, she's a singer and actress DJ, she's also a DL Link warrior, she's besides on her journey um, on really battling uh, breast cancer she is putting out the most exceptional um, performances from her balcony in Seapoint Cape Town. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, then Colleen Flowers is going to be joining us from the DL Link because, you know, the DL Link's doors may be closed, but their windows are certainly open. And it's kind of business as usual in terms of helping others. Um, they're sending out videos. They're incredible things that are happening. Um, Zoom meetings. So Colleen at about 20 past 12 is going to be joining us. So just have a pen and paper um, because they are really, really doing wonderful things um, and you can just jot it down and you can connect with them um, I've got a I've got a great um, a letter here that was sent to Gabby um, and it just said hi Gabby how are you thank you for all your brilliant videos I'm managing doing my exercises not every day having bloods regularly trying to build my strength my left side isn't happy and taking big strain. You know me. I don't give up. If we can get food, it'll be an enormous help for Yontov. But honestly, no obligation. Thank you so much for always being in my corner. And, of course, you, the community, respond. And then Gabby gets food. And then Gabby delivers the food. Um, he does do deliveries and collections as usual. And uh, the deal link are providing masks and sanitizers to those who need. So, as I said, while the doors may be closed, the windows are open and uh, – they continue to do the wonderful work that they do. Um, after Colleen shares the lovely, lovely events coming up via the DL link and people volunteering their time, 
we're going to be crossing over to, I think it's the UK. Listen, he's got an extraordinary guest by the name of, I think it's Johan Hari. Um, and uh, he's a New York best-selling author. I, I say I think because I'm talking about pronunciation, Johan or Johan. He's also a TEDx Global London speaker and journalist. I mean, his one, his first TED Talk has had over um, I think it's 40 million views across all platforms. It's extraordinary. Um, he talks about addiction, but what we're going to be talking about today is Lost Connections, his book and related to his talk on depression and anxiety, which is really, really relevant because I think that that is what's coming up for a lot of people being isolated, the social distancing, the anxiety around this uncertain future. So, yeah, that's what's happening. A great, great show. So without further ado, we're going to have a quick break. And on the other side of that break, um, I'm going to be introducing you to Danielle Bitten, singer, actress, and DJ. So stay where you are. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome, welcome back to the DR Link Show where we connect you to insights, information and illumination. I had the privilege of watching a video of this extraordinarily beautiful so talented, Danielle Bitten, go onto her balcony in Seapoint, Cape Town and belt out these incredible songs and just hearing the neighborhood erupt with applause and cheers. So we're so excited to have Danielle on the show this afternoon. Danielle, welcome. Really great to have you on. Thank you so much, Nikki. It's wonderful to be here. So listen, first things first, is it bitten, biting, am I correct? Oh, I hate it when they call me bitten, once bitten, twice shy. <laughs> Actually, it's a very Moroccan-Israeli name, and I'm very proud of it. It's called Biton, Danielle Biton. Uh-huh. you see, I knew, I knew biting was just, I, you know, yeah. Biton, yeah. beautiful, Danielle, absolutely beautiful. Listen, I'm going to get to... What I found was such a moving performance. I mean, you are, your voice, it was just magnificent. But let's go back in time. Let's go before COVID-19 hit, before you were performing to your neighbors and the rest of Seapoint on your balcony. Let's go to your journey when you, where it began when you were first diagnosed with breast cancer. So I was on an amazing tour across 10 cities in China performing the lead in the musical Evita. And we were literally, we had about two weeks left of tour and I found a lump in my breast and I was in a complete state. So I called my company manager and told them I needed to go to the hospital the next day. So I went for an ultrasound, which was inconclusive. And then I went back for an MRI and I had to wait the whole of three days to get the results back. And during that time I was performing the lead role, which was, I mean, my character in the show dies from cervical cancer. You see, you can imagine the traumatic um, time I had on stage with this question of whether I, or not I had cancer was looming, you know. So, yeah, I, I, it was confirmed by a doctor who didn't have much bedside manner in Guangzhou, China. Mm-hmm. And he told me that it's stage two and it's small and it's fine. I'll just go home and have it removed and I'll be 95% fine. I mean, at the time, I didn't even know about what the different – Types of cancers were heard to negative, estrogen receptor, positive, all of that stuff. And when I came home, I had another biopsy ultrasound, and it was confirmed that it was stage 2 and grade 3, which means that it was aggressive. Um, I then was also diagnosed, because I was so young, they wanted to test me for a BRCA gene. 
Mm. And it never occurred to me that, I mean, when I thought about any of my relatives, have they had breast cancer? I thought about my grandmother, my siblings, my mother. Um, but actually, my grandfather's brother's daughter had breast cancer and tested positive for the BRCA gene. And she, too, had a double mastectomy. So I did test positive for it. And, um, yeah, so that means my biggest fear had come to life, that I would have to have a double mastectomy just like Angelina Jolie. Mm. And that this was going to be a um, far more aggressive form of treatment than I originally thought. Um, also, subsequently after that, my whole family got tested, and my mother, brother, and sister have also tested positive for the BRCA gene. So when this COVID-19 is over, they're all going to have to be screened and monitored, and I'm just glad that in a way I could save them from experiencing this, you know. Sure. Wow. I mean, that's that's a huge – there you are, as you say, dream in China performing, and all of a sudden reality hits you so hard. Um, and yeah, and how everything, just what you thought you knew just shatters around you. And then there's a new you. I mean, we're trying to navigate it with this COVID-19. You certainly have been navigating it for much longer. So what has the journey been like, Danielle? Well, I just have to say that I started writing, um, which was the most cathartic thing I could have ever done during this time. Just, you know, putting all my feelings onto a page and I actually, um, I've put up a blog called The Journey Within. And it really has been that for me. I mean, if I think of where I started, I was so petrified at every step. But you know, it's an incredible thing how, you know, you're just presented by this grace from God every day to just handle with each step as you go along. It's like, for me, I couldn't look back. It, there wasn't time for me to – I'm not really a kind of person that lives in a victim mentality. So for me, I was optimistic, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get through this next step, next step, next step. And here I am. I mean, shaving off the head was probably the most traumatic thing, traumatic and liberating thing I've ever done. I had a mm. friend in Turkey who's been – an absolute mentor or like guide to me during this time. She's been through the same thing. We met in Israel and she's been such a blessing in my life. And I called her um, because all my hair was falling out all over my bed sheets, all over my apartment. And I was freaking out. So she said to me, you know what, Danny, just do it. You're going to feel so much better. Just get rid of the hair and then the fear will be gone. And look, that day, that Saturday, I took an active van and my mother and my brother came over and um, we did an Instagram live video, which was quite funny because they were all fighting to cut my hair. And I, <laughs> and I did it and I felt so liberated because the fear was gone. And I mean, through yeah. this journey, it really has been an inward journey. I've learned so much about myself, all the external crap that I used to worry about obsessing over losing a kilo, having my hair perfectly blow-dried, you know, always looking groomed. Mm. I mean, as women, you know, we conditioned to be like that. And I just let it go, and it's so liberating to not have this loop in your mind, often telling you you're not good enough or, you know, you need to be a certain way or achieve a certain thing to to experience love. And now I've really found that everything I need is within and it's just an incredible place to arrive to. 
Wow. Well, I mean, you, you spoke about, um, taking one day at a time and you spoke about the grace of God. Um, and so I'm curious because we're going to take a quick break. Um, also about how we are conditioned and how we look is so important. And you now seem to see you've prioritized what's important and what not. But speaking to the spiritual side, Danielle, after the break, asking the question, have you, has that grown? Was it always there? Um, and what part has that played? Um, on this journey. So stay with us. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back, Danielle. I'm so sorry you were in mid-sentence and we went into ads. I was asking oh, the question sorry. about the, sp- the spiritual journey for you. Yes. So um, I have always been spiritual, even from a young age and, you know, I had a lot of faith. Um, but it's been... It's definitely evolved, I would say. I mean, I went to a few healers and, um, when I, spiritual, spiritual metaphysic, metaphysical healers. And when I started this journey, I knew that, you know, something was being triggered on a physical level. And I believe that it comes from within. And it was my goal to unpack whatever it was through meditations. You know, sometimes I would just cry, not even know, but it was an emotional release. And being hustling as I have for so long, I've been in a fight or flight mode. You know, I lived in New York for seven years. It was always a hustle. I never let myself experience emotions if it got hard. I was just like, no, you just have to carry on and fight for your dream. And I think that builds up in you, you know, um, those stress levels and it affects your body. Go to temple and they offer the sacrifice of shaving their hair in order to receive a miracle. And I felt like when I got to that point, I, I knew that I had to work through these things. And I feel like I have worked through so much. And I remember my, my healer said to me, you know, Danny, you need to move. You need to feel it in your heart. You need to open up your heart. And the first day when she told me that, I thought, what do you mean? Uh, I can feel in my heart. But now I realize what that actually means, you know, to come from a heart space, to experience unconditional love for yourself. I also got more in touch with my Jewish roots as I never, I once said to a rabbi in New York, a wonderful Kabbalistic rabbi, I said to him, you know, rabbi, I can't understand the Siddur. It's like reading Chinese. I'm just not getting it. This very old-fashioned way of writing the English translation is not connecting to my soul. And he said to me, you're right. We should rewrite the Siddur in spiritual terms so people can relate to it in this day and age. And I was Mm. very blessed that a friend gave me this incredible Siddur. It's rewritten. It's called Beloved of the Soul. And as soon as I started reading a translation, for instance, for Modéani, the way she described it, the beautiful analogies, the spiritual terms just ignited something in me. And I was so excited for the first time about Judaism again. And every single prayer in this book um, now has meaning for me. I can understand it on such a deeper spiritual level. And it's just absolutely magnificent. Um, Yeah, so I can share that with you. Maybe you guys can. um, I think every Jew needs it in their house. It's really just marvelous. Sounds amazing. It sounds absolutely amazing. Danielle, how can we share it? Um, it's called Beloved of the Soul um, yeah. by Sarah Evian. I believe they are selling it in different Chabad houses, but I think you can get it on shimona.org. S-H-I-M-O-N-A.org. Okay. 
Fantastic. Listen, Danielle, let's talk about these beautiful performances. I mean, I've, I've watched, as I said, the video was incredible. I, I love that the whole neighborhood erupts with applause and shouts of encouragement. How are they going? Oh, they're going so well. Well, the first one, I just, you know, I was having chemo and feeling so down. I mean, the third round hit me really badly as I had a chemo ported as well, just before the the chemo round four, and I was flat. I was woman down for about a week to 10 days, and as soon as I got my energy back that Friday, I was like, this is the day. I'm going out on my balcony, and I'm going to sing Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, but I actually sang Don't Cry For, Cry for Me, Quarantina as a joke, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the neighbors came out, and they absolutely loved it. I was just going to sing one song, and then I ended up singing four, and we just had such a jaw. And I had so much fun that I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it tomorrow night as well. And Saturday night, um, luckily, I've got a neighbor in the building who is a DJ and he has a lot of sound equipment in his garage. So we set up a massive rig. He brought some lights and it was a beautiful, misty evening. And the lights just illuminated Seapoint and the sound reached like all the way down to Beach Road. I had friends um, taking videos from their balcony. It was just magical. And I'm so excited to announce that I'm going to be doing three more concerts. Um, I just really wanted to honor our healthcare workers and essential workers in a different way. And um, I'm just, I feel lucky that I can do that and also that I can reach everyone in my neighborhood, which is a wonderful thing. So those concerts will be this weekend on the 24th Friday. We're going to be doing um, a 6.15 sunset for nice for Shabbat. Um, sundowner set and on the 25th we'll be doing our regular 8 o'clock slot and then I'll be doing one more on the 30th and everyone can register to gain access to that stream on howler h-o-w-l-e-r dot c-o dot z-a forward slash balcony sessions so please sign up I also have to mention that there will be a donate button there. If you like what you hear, please donate. I'll also be giving, uh, pledging um, some of the profits of that night to Reach for Recovery, which is an incredible organization offering support to breast cancer patients, and to SAFE, which is the South African Friends for Entertainment Fund, which is um, helping entertainers and a lot of workers that work in the film industry that are currently out of work or the entertainment industry and um, offering food supplies and financial aid and all of that. So I hope you will join me because it's going to be epic. <laughs> so that sounds amazing. I love that we don't have to be your next door neighbor in Cape Town to enjoy it, that we up here in Joburg can be enjoying it as well. So just Danielle, and we're going to try and see if we can play something from your YouTube because I see that we can't um, get our next guest, um, Johan, so we're going to see if we can play that, Danielle. But if you could just give people those details again, the Howler details. So it's Howler, H-O-W-L-E-R dot C-O dot Z-A forward slash balcony sessions. And you can just register and gain access on there. Okay, fantastic, Danielle. Thank you, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure chatting to you. Um, we hope that, that any South Africans from all over tune in. Yes, what were you saying? 
If anyone has any issues um, signing up for any chance, you can find my Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Danielle Beton Music, and I will make sure that we get you in the mix. <laughs> oh, fantastic, Danielle. Thank you so much, and take care and look after yourself. And, of course, if people want to read about your journey, um, you do have your blog, and that is thejourneywithin.co.za. That's wonderful. As I said, we'll see if we can play something for you. So um, we're going to, um, I think, cross over. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll cross over to Colleen to find out what's happening, how you can Zoom into breathing classes and exercise classes and meditation classes and art classes, all courtesy of the DL Link and the extraordinary community um, volunteering their time. So stay with us. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back. Um, this is the DL Link show where we connect you to insight, information, and illumination. Listen, we're doing our very best, and I've got to tell all the guys who are working the technology and the sound and production, Craig and DJ Flo, thank you for helping us and making it possible for us to do a show. Here I am in my home, and we're crossing over, and we're getting guests, and we're going over to the UK, and so we're doing the very best we can. I did say that I, w- I wasn't sure if Johan Hari would be able to join us. Well, I'm delighted that he can join us. Johan, welcome. He is a New York Times bestselling author, a TEDx Global London speaker, and a journalist. And he has been so incredibly successful with his TED, with his TED Talks, um, the first one in 2015. Everything you think you know about addiction is wrong, and that's been viewed more than 40 million times across all platforms. And then uh, last year, his TED Talk, this could be why you're depressed or anxious. And it's been viewed three and a half million times. And that's led to the launch of his book, Lost Connection. So Johan, welcome. What a delight it is to have you on the show. Oh, it's great to be with you at this uh, difficult time. It is a difficult time, and, and I think that that's why your talks are so relevant, and I really want to go into that in your book as well. But I want to just start off, because when I first saw your name, I was going, Johan, because, you know, in South Africa, we go, Johan, it's not a, it's not a difficult name. And then I'm finding out that uh, you were born in Scotland, but that your father is actually from? He's Swiss, yeah. The, uh, there we go. Tell- as you can tell from my weird Downton Abbey accent, I am not Swiss, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my parents met when um, my dad didn't speak a word of English and my mother spoke only English and they had what my mother calls a series of one night stands. I've tried to explain to her this isn't a concept <laughs> that makes sense. And then she got pregnant and they thought they had to get married. And uh, very often she cries and says, he seems so nice when I couldn't understand anything he was saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... It led to me and my weird name. So there you are. Listen, that's a lovely story, and I can almost see another book or, or another <laughs> wonderful TED Talk. I can just see it coming. But, you know, Jan, I must tell you that I I was very excited when my producer said I'd be talking to you today because a few years ago I came across um, your talk, um, Everything You Think You Know About Addiction Is Wrong, and what an incredibly powerful message um, talking about how in Portugal they have decriminalized drugs um, and how the whole landscape around drug and drug usage and drug addiction changed really. And you pointed to the fact that people need 
human connection and that, that there's so much more than the drug addiction. And then, then of course, that leads to um, the more recent talk, which is this could be why you are depressed or anxious. So, I mean, I've had a long intro, but maybe we could just talk to that, especially with regards to where we are today with you know, isolating and social distancing. So, so let's just start off with where you stand in terms of the importance of human connection. Yeah, I think that's a really good intro. Thank you. I mean, I think, you know, the reason I wrote my book about depression, lost connections is because there were these two kind of mysteries that were really hanging over me that I didn't understand. The first mystery was I'm 41 years old and all throughout my lifetime, depression and anxiety had been rising in Britain, in the United States, in South Africa, across the developed world. And I wanted to understand, well, why? Why is this happening to us? Why is it that with each year that passes, more and more of us are finding it harder to get through the day? And I wanted to understand it because of a very personal reason. When I was a teenager, I remember going to my doctor and explaining that I had this feeling like pain was kind of leaking out of me. I couldn't control it. I didn't understand it. And my doctor told me a story that I now realize was well-intentioned and uh, not completely wrong, but, but was really oversimplified. My doctor said, oh, we know why people get like this. Some people just have a problem in their brains, a chemical imbalance. You're clearly one of them. All we need to do is give you some drugs. You'll be fine. So I started taking a chemical antidepressant called Paxil, and it did give me some relief. But I took it for 13 years, and most of that time I remained depressed. And I wanted to understand, well, what's going on here? So, you know, I'm doing everything I'm being told. Why do I still feel like this? So I ended up going on a big journey all over the world. I interviewed the leading experts in the world, people who've come through depression in all sorts of ways. And I learned a huge amount. But the heart of what I learned is there's scientific evidence for nine different causes of depression and anxiety. Two of them are in our biology but most of them are not biological. Most of them are factors in the way we live. And I think it's easier for people to see that now in this terrible situation where we're in lockdown. You know, everyone knows that they have natural physical needs. Obviously, you need food, you need water, you need shelter, you need clean air. If I took those things away from you, you'd obviously be in real trouble real fast. But there's equally strong evidence all human beings have natural psychological needs. You need to feel you belong. Uh, you need to feel you have financial security. You need to feel you have a future that makes sense. You need to feel that people see you and value you. And, you know, this culture we've built is good at lots of things. I'm glad to be alive today. But we've been getting less and less good at meeting these deep underlying psychological needs for a long time. We've been becoming lonelier. We've becoming, we've been become, we've become obsessed with thinking life is about money and status, which makes you depressed. All sorts of people have become more financially insecure. There's all sorts of factors. And then now this, this, this coronavirus has come along and it's supercharged a lot of those factors. And as a result, a lot more people are depressed and anxious. And I think we need to explain to people in this situation, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling anxious, you're not weak, you're not crazy. You're not biologically broken. You know, you're a human being with needs, and those needs are not being met at the moment, but there's a lot we can do to get those deeper needs met. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So those, I love, I love how well you explained that. And 
I think that when people first read your book, Lost Connections, um, and I know that Elton John said that this amazing book will change your life. And I'm sure, as you've said, before COVID-19, so many interesting points to discover, to discuss, to look at, reevaluate who and how we are. And then, as you say, now we're in isolation. Now we are very much experiencing what you're talking about, the loss of connection, the isolation, the not being seen or recognized, the financial insecurity. And um, because I know that you you talk about um, that we're very connected, but we're also very addicted to our smartphones, to this a lifestyle of being distracted. So it's kind of taking everything you've said and it's looking at very much from a different perspective because the world is in that position, right? Yeah, that's so such a good way of putting it. You know, it's interesting, as you were saying that, I was thinking about the fact that one of the people who taught me most about this was a South African, a, a wonderful South African psychiatrist named Dr. Derek Summerfield, who yeah. really helped me to, to think really differently about this. So Dr. Summerfield happened to be in Cambodia in 2001 when they first introduced chemical antidepressants for people in that country. And the local doctors, the Cambodians, had never heard of these drugs. So they were like, what are they? And he explained. And they said to him, oh, we don't need them. We've already got antidepressants. And he said, what do you mean? He thought they were going to talk about some kind of herbal remedy, like, I don't know, St. John's Wort or something. Instead, they told him a story. There was a farmer in their community who worked in the rice fields. And one day he stood on a landmine left over from the war with the United States and he got his leg blown off. So they gave him an artificial leg and he went back to work in the rice fields. But apparently it's um, very painful to work under water when when you've got an artificial leg. And I'm guessing it was pretty traumatic to go back and work in the field where the guy got blown up. The man started to cry all day. After a while, he refused to get out of bed. He developed classic depression. This is when the Cambodian doctors said, oh, well, that's when we gave him an antidepressant. And Dr. Summerfield said, what was it? They explained that they went and sat with him. They listened to him. They realized that his pain made sense. If you listen to him, it's perfectly understandable why he felt so sad and depressed. One of the doctors figured, if we bought this guy a cow, um, he could become a dairy farmer. He wouldn't be in this position that was screwing him up so much. So they bought him a cow. With a couple of weeks, his crying stopped. With a couple of months, his depression was gone. They said to Dr. Summerfield, so you see, doctor, that cow, that was an antidepressant. That's what you mean, right? <laughs> now, you've been raised to think about depression the way we have. That sounds like a joke. I went to my doctor for an antidepressant. She gave me a cow. A cow. <laughs> but, what those, <laughs> but what those doctors understood intuitively is what the leading medical body in the world, the World Health Organization, has been trying to tell us for years. Chemical antidepressants give some people some relief. They have value. They help me for a while. But precisely because this problem goes so much deeper than our biology, the solutions need to go much deeper too. And so a big part of what I ask in my book is, okay, what's the cow for the things that are making us feel so bad? And let's think about that in this context. So there's a very obvious one. I think Along with loneliness, the single biggest driver of depression and anxiety in this particular crisis, um, which is financial insecurity, right? Mm. It's not mm. rocket science to say to people, if you're really financially insecure, you're going to be more depressed, right? I mean, if you'd ask my grandmother or your grandmother, do you think if you're more financially insecure, you'd be more likely to feel terrible? My grandmother would have clipped me around the ear and asked why I was wasting her time asking such a stupid and obvious question, right? There's yeah. a huge amount of scientific evidence that financial insecurity causes depression people who have a private it doesn't mean that wealthy people can't become depressed as well there are other factors but 
of course, but people who have an income from private property are 10 times less likely to develop severe anxiety than people who don't. Um, so if you're listening to this and this crisis has plunged you into financial insecurity um, through no fault of your own and you're feeling really anxious or depressed, don't let anyone tell you there's something wrong with you, right? That is an understandable human reaction. Your pain makes sense. And the cow for that, the best solution is for us together to deal with that financial insecurity. Lots of countries are doing that. El Salvador, where I've been, is an extremely poor country. The government of El Salvador has cancelled everyone's rent and utility bills for the duration of this crisis. I'm certain that has reduced anxiety and depression in El Salvador. The government mm. of France, you know, South Africa can aim for the high standards of El Salvador, right? Uh, think about what's happening in France or in Britain. There's no, uh, there's no use telling people. Um, one thing that really worries me is very often when anxiety and depression are, are being discussed at the moment and, you know, kind of people come on the radio and they give people advice. They say things like, well, you should meditate. You should turn off the news. I'm in favor of all those things. I do them myself. But yeah, there's no point in telling someone who's really worried they're going to lose their home. Well, just meditate a little bit and turn off the news. There's a much bigger problem there that we've got to deal with. And I think. One of the f good things that can come out of this terrible catastrophe that's spreading all over the world is a more sophisticated understanding of what depression and anxiety actually are. We can all see at this moment that depression and anxiety have gone up and they've gone up not because something went wrong in our brains. There wasn't a sudden change in human biology, you know, three weeks ago. They've changed because the they've risen because the environment has changed. That should help us to see actually a lot not all, and it's important to stress not all, but a lot of the depression and anxiety that we were experiencing before this crisis was due to these factors. And that means that when we get out of this crisis, we need to build a lot more of our responses to these problems around dealing with these underlying problems. And the last third of my book, Lost Connections, is really me reporting from all over the world from people who'd who did exactly that. And I can talk to you about how they did it, if you like. Well, you know what we're going to do, Johan? We're going to take a quick break. After sure. the break, you can mention it very briefly because unfortunately we've only got a few more minutes. But sure, don't sure. go anywhere. We'll right just after the break, we'll get back to you. Hi, FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9, Hi, FM, the DL Link Show. Um, and I hope that you're enjoying the show. As I say, get a pen and paper ready um, because Colleen's going to be joining us and telling us about the wonderful things that the DL Link are bringing you so we can stay connected um, and we don't feel so isolated. Colleen, welcome. Thank you for waiting for us and thank you for joining us. Okay, we don't seem to have Colleen. Is Colleen coming on? All right, we'll try. I'll carry on talking. And if Colleen then joins us, um, then we'll speak to Colleen. Uh, unfortunately, she's not available. So let's just let me go over what I've got in terms of what is coming up. First of all, yesterday there was a fabulous event. I know it was with Michael Rubenstein. It was an interactive coaching and motivation session. Um, and I'm sure there'll be more of those. I know that there is, it's called a check-in, um, and it's a check-in time with Melissa. So it's breath work and it's check-in. And, and Melissa is going to be doing that on a Monday, a Wednesday, and a Friday from 2 until 2.30, and it starts tomorrow. I think that Colleen is there. Colleen, can you hear me? Hi, Nikki. Yes, I can hear you. 
Oh, lovely, lovely to have you on the show. Sorry, we've been missing you around. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank no you. Um, okay, so Colleen, let's talk about some of the wonderful things that are happening. I've just spoken about Melissa's breath work, which is on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 2 to 2.30. What else is taking place courtesy of the DL link? So, Nikki, um, yes, so even though our doors are closed, our windows are still open, and we've been running a few Zoom sessions Um can you hear me? Hello? Yes, we, we can hear you perfectly, Colleen. Carry oh, on. Okay, great. So, yes, so we've been running a few Zoom sessions already, um, and for the very fit ones, and I'm sure, I'm not sure if you've joined in one of Samson's sessions yet. Um, it's been quite challenging, and um, most of our Jerusalem Marathon runners have been joining that. And over and above all of that, we've had Monica Wolfson doing cooking demo lessons. Um, we've had Carmen Emanuel doing some arts and crafts with the children. Last night, we had Michael Rubenstein doing an amazing life coaching session, and it was interactive and people could participate. It was really interesting. Um, we also have having someone by the name of Braun van Wyk. Um, he is uh, the director of sports development for Marvu. Um, and he'll be showing us some amazing uh, tips and tricks that we can use for exercise at, in the home, especially for the little ones. And then one really interesting session that we're having um, next Tuesday is with Yahal uh, Gavronsky. And we will be doing a workshop on the journey through song making, song writing, sorry. And um, Yael, uh, with the Warriors and our volunteers, will be composing a song. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to record that song eventually. Um, we will also, yeah, that is like so amazing. Um, and then we've got, I think I mentioned Monica and, and George, Jordana that's been doing these amazing cooking, um, video, uh, Zoom sessions and she's got another one coming up on Monday. So we've been, um, emailing and WhatsApping and doing broadcast messages to all our warriors and our um, volunteers. Uh, some of the sessions we've also been putting up on, on Facebook. So all the sessions coming up will be going on to Facebook. And for all our warriors and volunteers and anyone that would love to join, but they are able to go onto Facebook and they'll find all the dates that we'll be running the Zoom workshops. And then just a message to our warriors, um, for those that need us, we are still available. Gabby's still available. Um, they can give us a call if they need anything. Some warriors would keep quiet, you know, and say, no, they're fine. But if you're not fine, please reach out, give us a call. We're here for you. So as I said in the beginning, our doors are closed, but our windows are still open. And, and the dear link and all of us and the, the warriors, we are here for you. So please give us a call. Oh, wonderful, Colleen. Thank you so much. Thank you yeah. for um, sharing that with our listeners and also for putting such wonderful initiatives together. Um, I speak on behalf of, of those who are going to be enjoying it and are enjoying it. Thank you. Thank you. Very innovative and wonderful to connect. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. And it's really Take lovely care. to hear your voice. Thank oh, you. Thanks, you Colleen. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.
So there we have it. Wow, what a show. Listen, if there, you've missed part of the podcast, as part of the show, we'll be podcasting it. Um, and don't forget to listen to Danielle Beton's um, performance, which is going to be taking place in Cape Town. Um, and all of these events, um, go to the DL Link website and the Facebook page. And listen, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I have so enjoyed being with you. So for me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, take care and goodbye.